Well, while we're waiting for people to come to the microphone, I just want to point out that I am not the only guest from Fair Vote Canada who came here today. Our chapter president, Kirk, would you stand up, Kirk, so everyone can see? Kirk is here, and if I find questions are too tough, I'm just going to ask him to answer them. Or you can talk to either of us or both after the meeting. But we're very pleased to be here. Uh, first of all, I'd like to preface my question by saying that I believe that uh, an electoral system... Sorry. Oh, my name is Jeffrey Cap, and I'm the nominated candidate for the Christian Heritage Party in the federal election. Uh, I believe an electoral system should serve the interests of those who pay the taxes and have to obey the laws. Right now, we have an electoral system that serves the interests of those who legislate the taxes and legislate the laws, and that kind of gives them too many levers on power. On the matter of uh, the uh, party hacks rising because of a list system, I believe that what we should do is require anybody who wants to be high up on the list, they have to run in a riding, and after the election night, we rank them by percentage of how they won in their individual ridings. So the losing candidates with the top votes would go to Parliament ahead of those losing candidates with very few votes. What do you think of that system? Well, in fact, some of that is kind of built into one of the systems of proportional representation which has been tried. Uh, Trans-switching votes, uh, there's one, the single transferable vote system works such that if you have a certain quota, you can be elected and then the votes that you didn't need get put to the second uh, choice or the person who did worst in the riding has, is dropped off and their second choice uh, are distributed. So I do agree that there, are, there have to be ways whereby people who vote for a candidate who doesn't necessarily win on the first round has to be considered. And uh, uh, that's, uh, if you want, I can email you this uh, document which explains that much better than I can. My name is Frances Schultz, and I'd like to thank you for your presentation because this is, this is up my alley. I love this idea. Um, and I actually voted in Edmonton when they still had the old system. My first chance to vote was in 58. And so I, w I know what you're talking about. Anyway, my question is, do you think that if we could change to this kind of a system, candidates and parties would have to give a more honest statement of what they intend to do when elected, because we all know that in 2008, the Stelmec government, the PCs, never talked about plans for health care. And now we know what we have. Thank you. Well, this is a very uh, constant issue among democratic countries, that some countries and some parties... Uh, promise a, a set of policies and then do something either in addition to or quite different from what they were elected to do. And uh, I 
I can only take the word of the quote from Henry Milner, who said that the accountability is greater in a proportional representation system. Uh, I can't presently explain the mechanics of why that should be so, but anything that is more democratic and reflecting the, uh, the desires of important sectors of the community and not just the majority sector can only help stimulate debate, in, especially in times of change. Hello, my name is Henning Mundel. <clears throat> and it seems quite a few people seek change from the first-past-the-post to some form of proportional representation, except when they're in power. So what kind of system do we have? Do we have federally and provincially sort of a certain minimum percentage on a, on a petition to trigger a referendum question? to make that possible? This goes to the question whether there can be citizen initiatives to, through uh, uh, plebiscite or whatever to uh, force items onto the public agenda. Uh, there are some provinces which have experimented with this, and you may remember that there's been a huge fuss in British Columbia about the HST, the Harmonized Sales Tax, and there was a petition got up uh, about it, and it was going to go to a, a referendum. Uh, I believe that the referendum is uh, one way of bringing items to the uh, attention of the government, but as far as I know, in neither in Alberta nor in the at the federal level is this a... Uh, a legally binding kind of uh, mechanism. For example, you'll remember that the, even with government approval, there was an attempt to elect senators, but it doesn't work if both parts of the system, that is the province who decided we should elect senators, and the federal government which is empowered to appoint them are not on the same page. So I believe that you'll have to use existing political parties to get the debate out there. And interestingly enough, political parties which are represented in the legislature have a kind of forum or pulpit that they can speak to or speak from and get media attention. I think part of the issue about the disenchantment of, of uh, voters with politics is the responsibility also of the media as well as the politicians and as well as the people who finance them and as well as the voters who go out and uh, we were just discussing this at our table, who, voters who seem to vote against their own self-interest. Now, uh, uh, altruism is good too, but voting economic issues against your own self-interest had better be a pretty sincere issue, but people do it all the time. So I think that using existing channels of the media and the political bully pulpit, as it's called in, in the uh, United States, where members of parliament or MLAs or uh, leaders of parties can stand up and say, this is what I believe has to be done. Let's have a public debate. And I have suggested to party leaders in Alberta that they do this, and I am still waiting for the uh, resolution in the legislature to bring about a public debate, not to bring about PR, but a public debate about proportional representation. My name is Van Christou, and I too would like to thank you, Phil, for coming 
that long distance and over treacherous roads to be with us today, uh, both you and, and, and your friend. <laughs> Proportional representation has been a, uh, a pet hobby horse of many of us for many years. And as we ride this little hobby horse of ours, we see a progressive growth in apathy and, and a decrease in the number of people voting. And so I, I can't help wondering if there aren't other things, other factors as well, as proportional representation uh, responsible. For example, I personally feel very strongly that many of us, many Albertans don't vote because we're convinced that our politicians are run by the corporate mass that we have allowed to go, grow out of control in our capitalistic world. And where they know that the major decisions are not being made in Parliament anymore. They're being made on the golf course by CEOs or around their, around their board tables. Um, they don't have, they, if they, uh, I'll give an example. Our pre, uh, last uh, uh, Premier, Klein, when he retired, admitted that he had never had a plan for 10 years. Of course he didn't. He was just did what the corporate world told him to do. He didn't need a plan. And so I agree that we, of course, we have to have proportional representation. We have to keep work, working for it. But I wonder if we don't have to look at other matters too, like taking away this incredible power that we've allowed, that we, our generation, has allowed corporations to have over us. Well, I uh, don't want to get too political. I was a New Democrat for 35 years, and so I shall say no more about the corporate elite. But I would point out that there is no question that the strength and increasing power of multinational corporations is a worry to many governments in the uh, world today who feel that they cannot nail down this corporation because they are so footloose and with a few clicks of the mouse can transfer capital quicker than you can say, let's tax them, uh, so that they, there's a very serious issue here. And I don't have the answer, but I believe that getting more people engaged in parliament or in politics and getting them out to vote, because I do believe as a former Professor, I do believe in the marketplace of ideas that sooner or later the truth, if you keep saying it often enough, will at least be considered by people as a possible explanation or recommendation. Now, I should say that uh, I, I want to mention what was happening over lunch at our table. And there were a couple of people there who also indicated an interest in proportional representation and in our organization, Fair Vote Canada. Now, if any of you out there who weren't at that table might be interested in participating in the formation of a Lethbridge chapter, why don't you talk to Jean and get together after this terminates to see if there's enough of a kind of critical mass that you might form a chapter and Kirk and other people and the national body will stand by to assist with literature, some of which is outside on the table, or with advice 
Um, and there's no question that local initiatives can make a difference. A fair vote chapter here could make a, a difference with your two MLAs in Lethbridge, perhaps. Persuade them that as private members, they can move a resolution in the House. It doesn't require even a private member's bill. So I do, uh, I'm very pleased to see the number of people who have come forward to uh, express some support for proportional representation, and perhaps this could be the beginning of something beautiful. Again, I'd like to thank you for coming here today. Uh, people like you make SACPA a great organization for us all to take part in. Um, my first question, sorry, my first question was mostly um, what you've already answered, which was, should we rally against provincial government or federal government um, to make changes to, to have this actually happen and happen in the next five years and not 20 years from now? Um, it seems that you've mostly answered that, so I guess I'll just say that I would be greatly interested in uh, joining part of your organization and possibly heading up a Lethbridge chapter as I'm currently interested in other issues that we've talked about here on a weekly and monthly basis here at SACPA. Excellent. Thank you very much. That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Phil. Albert Coy is my name. And... Uh, Issue-based organizations, that sort of uh, says like an a you're, you're asking for a revolution or something, or is it something like the Tea Party thing we're having down south? Uh, that's my first question. What is issue-based organization? What kind of organizations are these? Are these way out in left field someplace? I'd like you to bring that up. And also... Why are the youth taking hold of this? We all have issues, but I'd just like you to focus on that, and I think that's part of our problem. We need their vote. Well, issue-based organizations, as, as I'm sure we all uh, realize, have a broad variety of activities in Canada and in, in all countries, actually. I think that depending on the issue and depending on the stance uh, on it, you can go from quite conservative to quite far out and radical views. I don't personally view pers uh, public interest organizations as a threat. Uh, having been uh, in, in a number of them, I have always been con uh, very convinced of their sincerity and the contribution they make to debate. Uh, about young people... Um, I raised a family too, and while I railed against young people who didn't vote, who weren't interested in politics, and my children heard me say this around the dinner table more times than we can count, nevertheless, they are involved in organizations they're working either in the nonprofit sector as professionals or else they belong to organizations which are philanthropic, volunteer-based, determined to bring about improvement and change, but ready to put their time, effort, and money into something. 
And I think that while uh, th that generation may not be as involved in electoral politics as I would like, I have no doubt that we are leaving uh, this planet in the hands of a very committed and competent and sincere group. Sure, they may belong to Pollution Probe or the uh, Sierra Club or other organizations and not join a political party, but they see the issues and press the politicians and hopefully they and their colleagues will get out and vote. I've been very impressed with the kids that my children brought home and the conversations that they had showed me that my rather negative view of the fact that they don't belong to a political party is only half the, half the story. So I'm, I'm scared about the future of this planet, but I'm very confident that if anything can be done about it, the people that we have raised will be right there when it counts.